Attention listeners, the MFAB podcast features adult language and numerous spoilers. Listener discretion advised. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this very special episode, bonus episode if you will, of Movies from A to B, the MFAB. Alright. So today I'm going to give you a little special treat. This is, a, like I said, a bonus episode where I'm going to be doing a series of these where I go through a series, watch it episode by episode, and rate each episode as they come. You know, this is going to be a lot similar to mine and Aaron's podcast, and it's going to be uh, hopefully a hoot. Hopefully you guys will like it. Hopefully it's a little bit something extra to keep you involved, keep you... Uh, you know, looking at our shit and enjoying our shit. And, I mean, we really do this just for you. So, yeah, sit back and uh, we're going to get into it. So the first series I'm going to be doing here is one that I've told Aaron to watch. And I'm still, even even two years down the road, I'm sure that fat fuck still hasn't taken the time to sit down and watch this series. The series in question is Cowboy Bebop. It's an anime. It's something I grew up with, something, well, I didn't really grow up with it. I probably found out about it when I was, what, 16, 17, when it uh, started airing in the U.S. It's time to blow this so, get everybody in the stuff. today is episode one, okay, three, two, Asteroid Blues, and here we go, I guess. <laughs> this is uh, directed by Shinichiro Wantabe. Want- Wantanabe. <laughs> Music by Yoko Kano. It's a new noir sci-fi western. So, space cowboy shit. It's, I mean, they literally say space cowboy in the show, so... You know, it's nerd cowboy shit, I guess. Uh, something that, you know, affected me growing up, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was originally aired in Japan on April 4th, 1998 and didn't make its way to the U.S. until 2001 when it was uh, showcased on Adult Swim being the first anime they ever aired on Adult Swim. So this is kind of uh, revolutionary, you know? (laughs) This is the first time they delved into the deep pool that is anime. So yeah, let's get cracking. Our episode opens up on these very blue shots of uh, churches and... Someone's smoking a cigarette. You see a lot of fucking people smoking cigarettes in this. It's a, it's a, I guess, a return to the old, you know, I want to say 1960s, 70s noir, which uh, is, it's got this like own element of cool to it, which is pretty badass. It's fun and yeah, but smoking, you know, <laughs> so it's not good at all. But what are you going to do? That's just how it rolls. Uh, We got these shots of these churches and this, you know, rose sitting in a puddle while this melancholy uh, music box music plays in the background. We see a guy, uh, our main character, I'm guessing. Well, I know it's a main character. I've watched this entire series, like, several times. But this is kind of my way of going back and trying to rewatch it, you know, for the first time with fresh eyes and being critical and all that bullshit. So he's smoking. 
He's standing in an alley somewhere. This beautiful haunting music box music is playing. And he's got a bouquet of flowers that he walks off and down the alley with, you know. So uh, we get these cut shots here and there, which are tastefully done, I guess. And we got a gunfight that kind of interplays with it. And you see just this intense scene, which is fun to watch. And it's real quick. I mean, this all takes place within, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 seconds before uh, you see a hand, like, pull a pin on a grenade. And the music is just lulling you through it. And it's it's nice. And then uh, we cut to our title, which uh, the opening credit sequence, I guess. It's got this killer, like, 1960s, 70s, noir-like cartoon opening to it. It's, uh... What did I say? It's it's kind of like Pulp mixed with a Johnny Quest opening, where it's got a lot of uh, a lot of shapes, a lot of pictures, a lot of kind of showing the cast to everybody. So it looks like it could be badass, you know. It's it's edgy, you know. I don't want to sound like a douche, but yeah, it's edgy. <laughs> we get our title card, which is you know episode one or session one, because they're all labeled as sessions. Instead of episodes, they're session one, session two, so on and so forth, you know? And session one, Asteroid Blues. Then we open up to the actual first scene where it's it's these ships just flying through space and going through gates, I guess, you know? And this is, like, intermixed with shots of, uh... We see someone cooking something, and we see someone in a different section of their ship fucking, like, practicing karate or Jeet Kune Do. You know, it's Jeet Kune Do, because, I, like I said, I've watched this before. I know it's Bruce Lee's fighting style, which is pretty fucking cool. And we get this big, bald, metal-clad... Well, not metal-clad, it looks like he's got, like, fucking, you know, cybernetic prosthetics in him. Which is neat, I guess. But he's cooking bell peppers and beef, is what he says. It's like, yeah, we got bell peppers and beef, come get it, you know? And cut in with that is, uh... They're looking at a bounty, or a picture of a guy, and a, you know, how much he's worth. So I'm guessing bounty. It's a bounty, right? They're bounty hunters. That's what I, yeah. We know this. <laughs> and his name is Asimov something. I can't remember his last name. Even though I just watched this maybe like a half hour ago, I'm too much of a fucking idiot to recall the fucking last name of this dude. But it's Asimov. I know that for a fact. Because... If I remember anything from my uh, childhood readings, Isaac Asimov was a huge sci-fi author. So, having his name in the first episode kind of, you know, planted feels, yeah, like it should be there. Because it's a sci-fi thing, right? So they're talking about this bounty, Asimov, and the main character, whose name is Spike, well, one of the main characters, I guess, is like, yeah, you said we're having bell peppers and beef, and... There's no fucking beef here. <laughs> the big bald guy, whose name is Jet, is like, well, it is bell peppers and beef. And he's like, but there's no beef. And it's bell peppers and beef when you're fucking poor, pretty much. That's a little joke they threw in there I thought was neat. So they're talking about this guy, Asimov, and how he's worth 2.5 million oolong, which is their currency. And Spike's like, that's small fries, I'm not going to fuck with that. Why waste my time, right? He's like, plus, what happened to the money from the last bounty we did? He's like, well, your dumbass fucking 
crashed a cruiser and we got medical bills for the cop you fucking hurt and so you can kind of tell that these are like jets like a feels like a grizzled ex-cop type and spike is more like a you know rogue renegade fucking i fuck shit up type guy you know it's like you know you fucking yeah but we got the bad guy captain well you fucking destroyed 40 cars you fucking dipshit so, but uh, they find out this guy's hiding in Tijuana, which I guess apparently is still a shithole. Because <laughs> when has Tijuana not been a shithole? It's kind of always been like that. And we get this little trippy travel scene where they're going through fucking what I'm guessing is like a hyperspace gate, right? So they're flying through, and it's weird how like when they get to the actual place, it's like they have this weird customs thing where they're scanning the ship and fucking they get a receipt for scanning their ship and all that shit. It's like, okay, you had to pay 7500 fucking dollars just to get your ship scanned. It's like a border fee or some shit. I don't know. That was kind of weird. It threw me off. So they get to the actual place, and uh, you got this haunting... This happens a few times through the episode where there's this haunting whistling where one of the characters, I'm guessing Spike, is just whistling as he's doing stuff, you know? And it's just, like, perfect melody, and it's really haunting, and it kind of pulls you into the scene as he's, like, getting into his ship and getting ready to take off off their ship. A ship within a ship, if you will. <laughs> so he says he's off to see this old man bull, which, you know, okay, whatever. They cut to a bunch of shots of, uh, the actual Tijuana, which looks just like fucking Tijuana. But I'm thinking it's, they got this shot of the outside, the exterior, and it looks like it's on an asteroid in, like, a bubble dome. <laughs> Which, okay, so if you're going to take a sh city and shoot it into space, why would it fucking be Tijuana? I mean, I could understand getting Tijuana out of there, <laughs> just to get rid of it, because, you know, it's like, oh, let's, let's, for instance, let's take Chicago, since that's a shithole, you know, barricade it up and shoot it off into fucking space, because... <laughs> That's where it belongs, away from the rest of society. <laughs> so let's do the same thing with Tijuana, right? And then they're showing all these shots of the city, and not much has changed. Like, people are fucking poor, and fucking, you know, kids are stealing shit from stores. It looks like modern day, but with less technology, but kind of more technology. If you can feel me, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. We cut to uh, the inside of a bar. And there's these three old guys fucking playing cards, you know, and they're bitching, griping, you know. If it wasn't for what I did back in the day, you guys wouldn't even be able to fucking play cards here. And it's like, I work with two guys, and we put together these gates and all this shit. And the other two guys are like, yeah, we're those guys. <laughs> we're the same old guys. Yep. <laughs> Busted our ass, built those fucking gates. And as they're bitching and shit, we get this couple who walks in. This, uh, clearly giving off, like, bad guy vibes guy wearing sunglasses and a trench coat and his girlfriend who's this hot fucking chick <laughs> you know hot chick but she's pregnant whatever they sit down at the bar and guy orders a beer and the chick's like yeah bloody mary which right off the bat i was like wait a minute you're pregnant why are you ordering fucking booze you know that's the future's shitty enough without fucking <laughs> fetal alcohol syndrome so that was pretty fucked but when she orders a bloody mary the bartender's like, yeah, I got the vodka, but I don't got the tomato juice, you know. And he's like, I'm sure you got a can in the back somewhere. 
and at this point you kind of realize, hey, that's probably fucking code. And he's like, okay, let's see it. So the guy gets up and goes into the back with the bartender. At this point, a bunch of fucking people pull out, and you're thinking, oh, God, there's going to be a fucking shootout, of course, you know. This is an action, you know, sci-fi, so of course there's going to be a fucking shootout. So we find out the guy's selling this shit called Red Eye, which is uh, comes in a vial. And we're cutting back and forth between that and the chick at the bar still. And you see this really, you know, titties hanging on the bar shot of her leaning over, grabbing a glass. I'm sure Aaron would love that episode or that scene, you know. If he actually ever watched the first episode, I'm not sure. But that's Aaron. So the bartender wants, you know, a demonstration of the fucking red eye. So this dude puts his needle up to his eye. And it looks like he's about to fucking stab himself in the eye with this. And I'm at cringe point 10 at this point <laughs> and it turns out he just sprays this shit in his eyes and his eyes go totally fucking red like bloodshot hardcore and you're seeing like through his eyes you're seeing he's seeing all the little shadows in the corners and shit and you can see uh the shadows of the people from the outside looking to bust in and then we get just crack into this huge fucking gun sh- gun shootout you know <laughs> it's like Dudes bust through the front door, they're busting through the back, they're firing. So as this shootout's going on, you see uh, through this guy's red eyes, you know, his drugged up fucking meth head fucking vision, and everything's like in slow motion for him, which I'm guessing would be a pretty fucking badass drug to do. <laughs> like, I don't want to try it, but uh, I might I might have tried it back in the day. <laughs> so he's like running up on dudes, shooting at him and fucking... It's it's badass fight scene. It's cool. And at one point, he literally fucking dodges a goddamn bullet. Like, you see the bullet slow motion towards his head. And he, like, sees it, his eyes wide, and he fucking ducks away real quick. <laughs> it's, it's a cool fucking fight scene. But he ends up fucking them all up, of course. Because he's on this drug that makes him a superhuman badass. So, we cut to the shot of, uh... Spike sitting in a tent with, like, this Native American shaman. Who's doing, like, some crazy ritual where apparently you let sand run through your hand and meditate and you can see what the other person wants <laughs> so the shaman ends up saying like hey red-eyed coyote is gonna appear on the north side of town okay and <laughs> this whole time spike's kind of like nonchalant and like oblivious to what's going on because he's fucking hungry apparently since all he's had is bell peppers in the last fucking however many days we cut back to the first bar where we see uh, Jack come in. Big, bald, metal dude. Or dude with metal on him. And sees that the place is a fucking mess, so he walks up to the bar and fucking helps himself to fucking some top-shelf fucking booze. <laughs> like, I, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. If I worked into a bar and it was all fucked up and I didn't care about what was going on, yeah, grab some top-shelf booze, have a... Have a little drinky-poo, you know? And as he's doing that, you know, these two other guys come in, and they're like, oh, fucking Asimov. He, you know, Jet jumps behind the bar, and they walk in, and they're like, oh, Asimov's been fucking up dudes left and right, you know? He's doing that red-eye shit, so he's all fucking crazy. So then we see uh, the two dudes leaning on the bar, and they're talking about Asimov, and suddenly one gets tapped on the shoulder, and then just gets a fucking bottle to the goddamn face. (laughs) Full force fucking smashes a bottle against his face and fucking... Grabs the other dude who's still fucking alive, I guess. And he's like, yeah, why don't you tell me more about this shit? <laughs> so then we cut to uh, Spike being starving in his ship and flying around. 
and his ship's on empty fuel, so he's like, oh, you're hungry too, girl. And they go to the gas station. Yeah, that's cool. Good. Get some fucking food. And he goes into the bathroom and fucking, as he's like dropping a deuce or some shit, fucking someone else walks in. Turns out to be Asimov, you know. Asimov goes up to the sink and it looks like he's fucking about to puke himself to death. <laughs> and that's when Spike comes out and starts washing his hands. He's like, yeah, you should probably just keep the sink running. That way you don't clog up the sink. And then he uh, walks out while whistling. And it's like another haunting whistle moment. It just, like, really plays into the scene, I guess. So as Spike's walking out of the bathroom, he bumps into this chick, this pregnant chick. And she's carrying a bunch of groceries and shit, and he knocks them all on the ground. Helps her pick them all up and starts walking away. And she's like, hey, wait a minute. And he turns around, and he's got a fucking hot dog sticking out of his mouth. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is yours, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, you can have it, whatever, you fucking asshole. (laughs) And he's like, oh, sweet, thanks. And then he just, like, pulls seven fucking things out of his pocket (laughs) he's like oh yeah i also stole these because you know i'm not a good person (laughs) so then spike goes over to a ship and he's filling it up and while he's doing that he's talking to this chick the whole time he's like yeah i'm a traveling performer and you know she's like i can't tell if you're joking or not and he's like yeah i get that a lot and then she asks about mars and she's like yeah what's it like on mars and he's like yeah i grew up there she's like i heard it's like nice and people are cool and fucking it's a great place to live and he's like yeah, it is a great place to live if you're rich enough to live there. And she says, yeah, then I think we'll be just fine living there. We'll be happy as hell or whatever. And at that point, like, Spike kind of, like, gives his hand away. He, he's like, so you're going to make a break for it and run to Mars then? And she's like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm just an old cowboy, you know. But you guys are small fries, so I'm not even going to bother with you. And And then she's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't bother with us. And at that point fucking Asimov comes up from behind and fucks, fucking starts choking him out like fucking, you know, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker talking to my bitch fucking wasting my goddamn time and I just want to point out, at this time the music is just fucking perfect that's one thing they've really done good with this series is the the music just plays along so well with the fucking actual visuals and the storyline and what's going on they have like a flair for just putting you in the moment. Which is one reason I just love this series. And, you know, I was willing to go through it again. So we cut to Asimov and this girl driving away. And you can tell he's a fucking killer. Because he's like, why'd you stop me? Like, I wanted to see that fucker die. And it's like shit like a psychopath fucking says. <laughs> like, I want to see that motherfucker die. You know, it's disturbing. We cut back to Spike on the ground, you know, fucking waking up. And Jet finds him there. He's like, so you sleep on a job? Or I can't remember what the fuck he says, but he's like, you take a little nap? He's like, no, I just had a beautiful dream. And they're talking about, yeah, we're going to give up on this case. We're just going to go home. And he's got some kind of drug that's a real fucking mind frag. It fucks with you. Fucks you up. And at that point, Spike pulls, like, a vial out of his pocket. He's like, oh, you mean this shit? And... Because he stole it from him. They had a quick cut while they were, while he was getting choked out where he just, you know, pickpocketed the dude real quick. And that's a good idea, you know. If you're quick enough to do it, why not? We kind of cut to a different shot of, like, the whole fucking asteroid or planet or whatever the fuck it is on lockdown. You see, like, cop cars everywhere. And at this point, you know, like, they're going to f- either find the people or 
the people are going to get away, which is Asimov and his bitch, you know. So we cut to his, you know, this open-air deli where these people are sitting around. and Well, these three fucking old guys, the same three fucking old guys from earlier, are sitting around playing cards still. And the one guy's still bitching about, you know, you guys wouldn't even have it this good if it wasn't for me. And, and the friends are obviously like, yeah, we were all there, you fucking piece of shit. And you see this dude sitting on the bench, and he's wearing a fucking poncho and, like, the biggest fucking... Mexican sombrero that I've ever fucking seen. Asimov comes sits next to him and he's like, yeah, I'm looking for a Bloody Mary. The guy's like, yeah, I only got beer. He's like, well, I got the tomato sauce if you got the vodka. And, you know, same code they used before. So this is obviously, like, another guy that you'd go to to sell your drugs off or whatever. So the guy sitting on the bench is like, yeah, show me what you got, I guess. And Asimov goes and looks for his drugs and realizes there's no drugs there. And Spike's like, yeah, are you missing this? Because he was a dude in the fucking stereotypical-ass Mexican poncho and sombrero. And Spike kind of explains, like, yeah, you guys are small fries, but I'm pretty pretty much here for fucking revenge. And he throws a red eye in the air and shoots it, and that kicks off this awesome fucking fight scene with, like, legit choreography, like... It's really well done. So yeah, they kind of kick each other's asses for a little bit until the ship finally shows up and starts shooting randomly out of nowhere. <laughs> and you realize, oh yeah, some other people are probably after this person too, you know? And at one point during this gunfight, fucking a bullet goes through like the chick's stomach. And you realize, okay, she's not pregnant, but she is holding like a stomach full of fucking these vials of fucking red eye that just go flowing out. And Asimov and his chick use this as a chance, this distraction as a chance to get the fuck out of there. And they hop in a fucking car and take off. And, you know, at this point, I was like, oh, Asimov's a total fucking douche, because he's like, you fucking idiot. We need that. We need to sell that. Otherwise, we'll never get out of here. So he's just totally bashing his fucking chick, nagging her like an ass. We see Spike getting shot at. He's beating the shit out of dudes left and right who pull up to try to get Asimov and... You know, at this point, Jack comes in with his spaceship and fucking gives a little backup, flips all their cars and shit, and that gives Spike enough time to get to his ship, and then we go into, like, this space chase, is what I called it. So we have uh, Asimov and his girl flying off in a ship they stole, and we got Spike chasing them, and while this is happening, like, the music just drops to this, like, low saxophone, like... <laughs> type it's it's really like there's action happening but it's like melancholy because of the music and you see Spike chasing their ship and they get up into orbit and they start taking off and we see the chick and she's like you know we're never gonna get out of here we're never gonna fucking make it out and then we have like this slow like zoom into her face and then the music's playing, and it's all beautiful, and then, bang! It's just fucking silence. Which I thought was a really fucking good shot. I mean, it was beautifully done. It really gives you to... Like, I teared up a little, because it makes you feel for these, like, people who are, you know, criminals, essentially. But they still have feelings. They still want to get out and live their lives and be not in the game and all that shit. And, you know, when the gunshot goes off, you see Spike and his eyes just widen. And 
from his point of view, you see his ship pull up to theirs, and you see just this big fucking blood stain against the window, and you see her just cradling Asimov's dead body, and she just kind of looks over, and she whispers, adios. And at that point, like, the police that were barricading their way out just fucking unload and decimate this shit. They decimate their entire ship to fucking hell. And we get this scene of, like, her flying out in the, you know, cold darkness of space, and her stomach's just split open, and you see all the drugs just spill into the sky. It's it's like a really beautiful, hauntingly beautiful done... <laughs> beautifully done scene, I guess. After that, after the music kind of, like, lulls back into place, we go into these cut shots of that were really similar to the beginning, where we got food cooking, and we got cut shots of uh, Spike fucking practicing his karate, or Jeet Kune Do on the back. And you see Jet come around the corner, and he's like, yeah, we got a special, you know? Bell peppers and beef. Just uh, another day, you know? All this shit just happened, and their lives just kind of move forward, I guess, which is, you know, sad and beautiful at the same time. It's, it was, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> and we cut to the end title scene and just says, see you space cowboy at the bottom. And then we go into the end credits, which, you know, totally different so type of song, you know, it's not upbeat like the opening sequence and it's not it's just this sad song you know that plays over pictures and that's the end that's the end of episode one asteroid blues so now i'm gonna give my review um i really like this episode it's a great way to start off a series you get a feeling for the main characters and you get a feeling for what they do and how they live their lives Sad as it may be. The visuals are, you know, 1990s anime, but they're still really well done. I mean, the flow of them are just... The flow of them is just beautiful, I guess. And I gotta say, the music is fucking spot on. Like, I at one point bought all the soundtracks to this anime. It's totally worth it. Um, when it comes down to it, I'm going to land on a 8 out of 10 for this episode. Definitely one of my favorites. Perfect way to start a series, and yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. It was good to go back and watch it again. It makes me excited to watch the rest of these. And, you know, give my reviews on them, I guess. Which will be in coming up bonus episodes for you guys. This series is... You know, just something I'm trying to do. So, there we go. That's my first episode. I'm going to let you guys go. Be sure to like, subscribe, you know, follow, share. Just, you know, spread the word if you like what you're hearing. And we'll keep doing our best to make more shit. Alright. I'm Gavin, and uh, I'm, I'll talk to you later. Bye.